This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. And I cannot wait for the portion where Jay Hood will blade himself and start playing like John Moxley. Or Jay Hood from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Uh, that's twice by last week, Friday and Wednesday, Moxley defending his title and deciding to bleed all over the AEW ring. So that's just who Mox is. I love him. You don't. But we know who John Moxley is indeed going to be facing at All Out. It looks like CM Punk is back and they're in that collision course with CM Punk returning to AEW last night at the end of the main event. What does that mean for AEW going forward? Well, it means that uh, we're going to see Punk against Moxley. And apparently, as a shoot, Moxley does not like to be referred to as the interim champion. He wants to actually be called the AEW champion because Punk's been out of the out of uh, pocket because of the injury. What it means is, is that we're going to have a really great main event. And I will tell you this, bro, it's, if Punk does, didn't show up at Quake at the Lake, then I'm not sure exactly what that main event had to be. I know he came out unannounced. But he had to come out so you could see what the main event is going to be now for the big pay-per-view in September. Yeah, I completely agree. I think last night there was a reason we got Mox and Jericho quaked by the lake as opposed to All Out. It was to set up Punk. And to me, like, CM Punk being back means AEW can move forward. Like, it's felt like these last couple months, they're just sort of biding time. They're just sort of, you know, treading water and say, hey, Mox, you're the interim champion. Let's do this. Let's do that. There have been a lot of injuries. Punk, obviously, the top of that list. Even over, I say, Kenny and Brian because you had put the belt on him. So to me, this is a big moment for them because now they're going to move forward, specifically in my eyes, probably with an MJF angle moving forward. Yeah, it, it looks like AEW is getting healthy, right? That, that, that was the one thing we talked about when Punk got hurt because, you know, we were waiting for Kenny to come back. Brian Danielson was hurt. Well, Danielson has since come back. We still haven't seen a ton of him, but he is making an appearance tomorrow night on Rampage. Has a two out of three falls match scheduled for the House of Dragon show that's uh, next week, I guess. Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, Dynamite. We'll just call it Dynamite. Uh, yes. Next Wednesday, him and Daniel Garcia, which I'm looking forward to. That's going to be a lot of fun. So it finally looks like the getting healthy the the interesting part is like i i think that and certainly you know you talked about the the shooting of how mock doesn't like to be referred to as interim think about how much moxley has defended this championship since he became the interim champ and i think that's going to play into this storyline of hey you became champ and got hurt like that i've been interim champ defended here Defend it there. Defend it all over the world. Defend it everywhere. Even handle the pressure of being the champ. I think that's something that plays into this feud going back and forth between these two. These are two of their biggest stars. And I think that's going to be good for AEW in this month-long buildup now that we have to All Out coming up in the A-Town Chicago. I don't know if the Twin Cities uh, is indicative of how other uh, cities are going to feel but did you notice at the end of Dynamite, the boos from the people in Minneapolis when there was that stare-off between Punk and Moxley? People were chanting for CM Punk. They were happy to see him, sure. But Moxley, he was just brazen, man. He, kept, he was giving middle fingers to anybody who wanted one all night. And I don't know if he's trying to lean. And even if they didn't or, want one, still got one. <laughs> he just, just giving middle fingers to everybody. I'm like, Stone Cold John Moxley, nice to see you. Great. I know I've seen that gimmick before. Uh, but I, I really think that he's leaning into it a little bit. And I think that what you just laid out, Gabe, is exactly what the storyline is going to be. It's like, hey, man, I've been the champion. Where have you been? 
And so Punk and Moxley are two great promos. The next couple of weeks, they'll build it up. And I think we're going to see Punk be the ultimate champion out of when it's all said and done. But do you think in this angle, we've talked about it a lot on the show, Punk is at his best when it's black and white, when there's a clear baby face and there's a clear heel. We saw it with MJF. But then when you had that wishy-washy where they're both sort of faces, we saw it with Hangman, Punk is not at his best. Do we see one of these two turn over the next few weeks? Well, I think BCC is supposed to be kind of just those badass baby faces, right? Or just the badasses. Like, you can cheer for them, you can't. Sure. And, and it's but been Mox tough. is so well, over. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Mox is so over. Like, they were clearly building him to be some sort of heel, and then everybody just loved it when <laughs> him, him and Brian Danielson beat the crap out of each other. And then you throw William Regal into the mix, and, you, you know, these guys just aren't going to get booed. And then you throw Wheeler Yuta in there, who's a nice rising star. And then you add Claudio Castagnoli. Like, people want to cheer this group no matter how much they're just going to be these badasses. My guess is Mox, because of the middle fingers, because of his style, kind of plays the heel in the feud. But I just don't see him being overly booed. You know, I, I see more of a let's go Moxley, CM Punk going back and forth. That being said, they are going to be wrestling this main event in Chicago. So Moxley, I mean, whoever's wrestling CM Punk ends up being the heel or Darby Allen, like we saw last year at All Out even if you're John Moxley this year at All Out? There's no question about that. I think one of the things that I think we figured about this iteration of CM Punk is that CM Punk in just an isolated match against just somebody in the roster is just okay, but there's no heat. When CM Punk is either a babyface or a heel, that's when he's at his best. And because the stakes are so high for the AEW championship, yeah, he's going to be the babyface in Chicago because we love him here. But I just think that because it's against Moxley, that's going to raise the stakes. It, these other isolated matches we've seen him on Dynamite or Rampage, it's just been okay, nice workout matches. But because it's Moxley, because there's something on the line, because there's a story to tell, this is going to be really, really special, I believe. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be an electric crowd because everyone loves the two of them so much. I think it'll be, you know, maybe not a five-star classic. It'll be a fun match. But, like, they're both such different styles. I don't know how that translates in the ring. But I just wonder with Punk, like, is there something else? Like, if he's not going to get booed there, does he maybe start that sort of turn? And maybe it's just fantasy booking in my head. Because in my head, Arthur Ashe in a month, like, Eddie Kingston winning that title from CM Punk is their moment. Like, it is a massive moment. It blows the roof off a place that doesn't have a roof. But I do feel like Punk sort of leaning a little heelish might give us a little bit more entertainment from this feud. Yeah, I just don't see it. Like, I just don't. He's still too new. Like, everybody is still. And I know he, I mean, he had mentioned this, you know, I don't know, six to eight months after he came back about how much he just loved, you know, hearing cult of personality and come out and being cheered. And the fact that he then was taken away from us still during yeah. this kind of reunion tour is only going to prolong that CM Punk's going to be cheered just about anywhere he goes, except for Long Island. Like that's, you know, that's the only place where, you know, you played into being the heel with MJF and that whole thing, but he's just going to be the baby face. And, and I think that we're just going to have to be okay with that. The, the thing that I am looking forward to is as much as I have enjoyed this Moxley run, CM Punk being back hopefully gives us, and I feel like a broken record guys. Cause I feel like I say this like at least every week, if not every other week here on GKW, I need a direction for BCC. I need a direction for the Blackpool Combat Club. It's still too way disjointed right now. And I think if they take the belt off of Mox, then we can start to give them a little bit of direction. Like last night at the end, you know, and, and I understand, 
you know, if Brian Danielson wasn't there, but maybe, I mean, I think he should have been. Like, he didn't come out to help for the save like right. Claudio and Yuta did. But I know he's in the back somewhere. I guess I'm supposed to suspend my disbelief and actually believe Rampage is airing live on Friday, even though I know better. Um, you know, because he's going to be addressing the crowd. Or maybe that's via satellite. I don't know. But with the Danielson injury, he seems like he's a part of Black Club, but he's off in his own corner when it was just him and Mox. And now you've added Claudio. It just it, it feels disjointed right now. They had something really cool going into Forbidden Door, and I hope they can somehow find a way to recapture that by CM Punk winning the title, go telling the stories they wanted to tell with Punk when he initially won the title, and then maybe do some cool things with the BCC. Maybe they get involved as the first challenger coming out of the trios tournaments. Um, you know, maybe they get involved where it's Mox and Danielson. They used to be a highly ranked tag team before the Danielson injury, before Moxley took the championship. Maybe they get involved in the tag team championship scene. I just they think there's a lot of different directions they can go that can be a lot of fun. I'm just waiting for a direction instead of just, oh, yeah, you guys are fighting the Jericho Appreciation Society for 17,000 years. Well, I agree with that. I mean, we talked about after, you know, war games, whatever they want to call it. Like, that should have been the end of that feud. But I feel like because mm -hmm. of the injuries, they needed a way to just buy time. And, like, those groups being together, like, all right, you guys can figure it out. So I agree. I do think now if you take the belt off, maybe there's some more freedom there. and You can do some other things. You know, guys, I was thinking about BCC in this regard. And, of course, in, in I guess in this company, AEW, and WWE to an extent as well, you can boo and cheer whoever you like. Right? You know what I mean? I guess, you know, someone says it's a tired trope to have baby faces and heels. I still believe that you have baby faces and heels because it helps tell a story. Someone that you don't like, someone you don't, that you do like. So, I mean, that's how I look at it. But, you know, it's interesting with this particular faction – so who doesn't like Wheeler Yuta? That's a baby face, right? And who doesn't like the big, you know, airplane spin, the whole, you know, thing that Claudio does, right? That whole giant swing he's that over. he does. He's a, he's a baby face, right? But then Brian Danielson comes in there, and he's not going to do your yes chance anymore. He's not your monkey anymore. He's not doing that. He comes in there, and he's, he's his own guy. And you see John Moxley just flipping the bird. This is one of the weird times in the business where you have a faction of four guys, two are baby faces, two are heels. Well, Brian comes out of the heel locker room. I know it's a little thing, but he comes out of that heel locker room, so he leads in a little bit on it. Interesting. It's just, it's, it's, it, of course, as a fan, it's to your interpretation. Yeah. But the way they come across Danielson, his the way he does his promo, same thing with Moxley, who couldn't care less, is how. Is, but the other two, those are baby faces, Wheeler and uh, and Claudio. But, I mean, Brian Danielson kind of straddles that line, doesn't he? Because the last time he came out and he opened Dynamite a couple weeks ago before he had that match that he lost against Daniel Garcia, when he was teasing his return, I mean, he kind of came out, yeah, he came out of the, 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 the wrong tunnel, but it was kind of a babyface promo, wasn't it? That he kind of, you know, hey, I'm coming back. You don't have to worry about me. It was a little babyfacey because we love Brian Danielson. Yeah, but he does sort of toe the line where, like, he's not smiley, giggly Brian Danielson like we've no. seen. Like, he's sort of, like, he's closer <laughs> to the pompous one where he's like, hey, like, I know I'm smarter than you. I know I'm better than you. But, yeah, to your point, he's one of those guys that fans probably aren't going to boo. Like, he sort of played the heel in the lead-up to the Mox match. And everyone's like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, well, this is a good idea. We do want to see you guys together. Like, I think he's in that category that I don't know if he gets booed at this point. I guess, guys, I guess those other two are just with, with an edge. 
right? I guess sure. Moxley and, and Brian Danielson are just guys with edges. And I guess that's kind of the whole thing with the Blackpool Combat Club. All four of those guys have an edge, including Regal. Thank you yeah. and good night. <laughs> well, and... <laughs> He called. I mean, I mean, he hits the out cue every he time, calls, doesn't he? He does. Oh, he does. <laughs> he he called Excalibur. He said, "You look scrumptious like a truffle, don't you?" Tonight, that's <laughs> what he said as he sat I'm, down. I'm the nervous is, like a bun, like a bunny. I'm nervous like a bunny rabbit's nose. My heart's sticking <laughs> like a bunny rabbit's nose. He gave me that last night. It's just like this guy's tremendous. The best color man in AEW. It's amazing. Oh, with oh, without a doubt. When he comes out, it is fantastic. But um, see, but again, like Blackpool Combat Club has kind of gone away from some of those things. Like it seemed like Mox, and and maybe this was more of a heel move when they delivered, you know, the anvil, you know, elbows before they each then would lock in their submissions. They seemingly got away from that. I mean, that was certainly a Brian Danielson thing that then was adapted by Wheeler Yuta by John Moxley when they initially formed the faction. I'm curious to see if all that comes back. I'm curious to see if they just blow the whole thing up, and if it ends up getting blown up, I'm. I'm going to be a little disappointed because it felt like there was so much potential with that. But again, it's it's one of the exciting things that I'm ready for because of the return of CM Punk. I just feel like everything, like when like on your favorite sports team, you know, when when one that one player comes back and he's finally healthy, like okay, now all the wide receivers make sense and they can fall into their roles. All the you know the 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 bat on the basketball team, oh, the number one scores back now two and three, and all that can make more sense. Everything else on the AEW roster can make more sense because the guy they wanted to be champ is finally back. And speaking of AEW, uh, the Dynamite Show, Quake in the Lake, Quake from the Lake, whatever it is. And, and it makes me laugh every time. Every time we've said it, I just chuckle at Quake on the Lake. Whatever it is. You know what? Again, not a bad show for them. Um, you know, you watch wrestling and you watch it because you want to see something you've never seen before. I've never seen a wrestler bleed one minute into a show like I saw on AEW oh. Dynamite. Yeah. There was a lot yeah. of blood last night. I mean, but yeah, between the main event and the opening bout, there was, whoo, they had to do some cleaning of that canvas. Yeah. I mean, but, listen, listen, I'm not offended by it, but it's just kind of like, okay, it, all right, you're the interim champion. If you bleed every week, then when you do bleed, when it counts, it doesn't matter because now you're just a bleeder. Back in the yep. day, when you when you bled, that meant an extra five hundred to a thousand dollars in your envelope, because it's like and and the promoter didn't even know it. Just like all of a sudden, if you bleed, if you cut yourself, oh man, you gave me color. Well, here's an extra five hundred bucks. It's the same contract. You don't have to bleed to get over. You don't. Yeah, and, and Mox bleeding, like I, I don't think it matters at all anymore. Like it adds nothing at this point because it is every week, because it is a Friday on Rampage, because it is twice in a five day span. Like. It doesn't matter as much, and I do think it takes away from it. Yeah, I, but I feel like just that's just Mox at this point, right? Like, if well, yeah. he's wrestling, he's going to bleed, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't mean as much. But I still, like, for Brody King to be profusely bleeding as he was during that opening coffin, coffin match against Darby Allen, like, that was still, like, to still see somebody else bleeding is still a little jarring. Like, sure. Like, yes, Mox, like, I'm numb to it at this point. That's just who he is. But who, boy... Um, that was a lot of blood coming out of Brody King in that opening bout. It, it was. And I like that coffin match. Um, uh, we can move on from coffin matches for the next couple of years. I, like, all right. I mean, even the undertaker didn't have a casket match, you know, twice <laughs> in a year. That's enough right. of that. All right. Enough of the coffin match. Let's move on to something else. But you know, a couple of things from that, that show yesterday, guys, 
I don't know. We don't really spend a lot of time talking about Chris Jericho. And I think that we should. Just this one thing. Chris Jericho yesterday, and we've heard um, we heard Moxley say it, and we heard Kingston say it. I want Lionheart Chris Jericho. I want that guy from 95. And when Kingston said it, I go, you're not getting that guy. That guy is up in his 50s. He can't do it. But then if you watch the show yesterday, so Jericho continues to lose weight and add muscle. And he looked like 95 Jericho. Shaved? He did. I mean, how does he I, I do don't, that? I, I don't know. How does he do that? I don't know. Like, that was that was by far the most shocking thing. Like, even more shocking than CM Punk's return was how young Chris Jericho looked last. Tried my, seriously, like, when he first cut that promo and he shows up and he's doing the backstage promo, I'm wondering, okay, what kind of makeup did they put on him? What did they do to literally take almost 30 years off of this man? Like, what did they do to make him look like WCW Jericho? I am baffled right now. Yeah, Jericho does not get enough credit for, like, there is no one in wrestling that is able to reinvent themselves like Chris Jericho. Like, the amount of different angles and characters he's done, and to your point, to do it within a character. Like, to go backwards in time last night, like, I don't think he gets enough credit for as great as he is. I mean, all I mean, all yeah, he I needs mean, to it, do it, was slap, hand, slap hands with the fans and go, come on, baby, and right. we're right back there to Nitro. <laughs> I'm like... Did he do a tummy tuck? Did he have a did he do have a facelift? How, how, you know, his hair looked like ninety five. Like how do you do that? You were heavier, you know. Um, you were more gray, and it's just like all this. It was a metamorphosis of like the Jericho we saw from the nineties. Like, and he looked as good as he did in the nineties with some of the moves he used. I was so impressed by that. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And, and again, like the way he can fall back into the other characters because this is now what they're doing. They're calling out the old Chris Jericho characters. Right. You know, they called out, you know, the pain for, you know, a match a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite. Now we get to see Lionheart. I doubt we see Y2J um, just because it's a WWE thing, despite one of my favorite things last year uh, from All Out was being the Y2J countdown that MJF put up there. And everybody thought that's what Jericho was going to come out to and it ended up being MJF, which I thought was hilarious. Um, I, I doubt we see that version of Chris Jericho, but he has... It's unbelievable how, how how much he can just continuously reinvent himself and still stay within the same parameters. He is one of the more unique personalities and one of the unique talents that I can think of in, in pro wrestling. He was Jericho all the way to the end, right at the right at the submission. Oh, it's Lionheart. He still has that. No, 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 I'm good. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, I mean, he was 95 Jericho because at the at the end, I don't know about you guys, I'm watching, I'm like, oh, my guy's going to get out of this. Somehow they're going to extend the match. I, I got some more. I, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> well, there's a reason he's in these spots, I feel like. I don't know the numbers, but it feels like just from a feel standpoint, Chris Jericho has been in more dynamite main events than anybody at this point. And there's a reason he's there. He's had some misses. We talked about the barbed wire match, and, like, it definitely had some misses. But there's a reason he's in that spot. There's a reason Tony wanted to bring him in from the jump. Like, he elevates that company. He elevates everyone around him. Even everyone in the Jericho Appreciation Society, like, they are more entertaining because they're around Chris Jericho weekly. Entertainment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, we got to get that guy on. <laughs> we do. Oh, God. If we get Daddy Menard on, I will be. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. I love talking sports. Entertainment. 
I, I would like this. I want him to be. If he listen, bro, it's, you could put him on the show, but he's got to be in character the entire. Time. All right, got it. Daddy Magic, it is <laughs> the entire time. What's going on? I mean, that guy. I mean, he's Brian Knobs turned up to a hundred. That's what he is, man. Like the, the eyes, the face. He's unbelievable. He's oh, great. He's, he's a great so character. Good. He's yeah. so good. I love it. Like, I just get excited every time I see him backstage about to do an interview with Tony Schiavone. Um, th- but that's uh, so dynamite and the return of CM Punk, one of the biggest stories in wrestling this week. But we've got three other stories we want to talk about, Brian, and something we like to call the three counts. Count to three in wrestling, win the match. So we've got three other stories we're going to talk about. What do we have as number one on the three count? Well, we'll stick with AEW. Speaking of three, well, the trios bracket was unveiled last night. The bracket will include Death Triangle taking on Will Ospreay in Aussie Open, Andrade, Roosh, and Dragon Lee taking on the Young Bucks and a mystery partner. House of Black. Can you on... oh, what? Uh, maybe House of Black will take on Dark Order, and the best friends will take on the Trustbusters. You know that household trio that that is. So, guys, who's taking home the first ever AEW trios titles at All Out? I mean, it's Bucks and Omega, right? Like Kenny Omega, like this is the big return. This is this was always the rumor that they were waiting for Kenny Omega to return to unveil this bracket. And then after last night and Hangman Page turns down the Young Bucks offer, he wants to be in the corner for the Dark Order, which seems like is going to be a short run for them since they're going up against the House of Black. Um, I hope so. Like, I don't know. Part of me <laughs> thinks they get the win over House of Black, which sucks. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I, agree. I don't that see sucks. that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think House of Black is going to be uh, the, the way that they've been booked. They're going to, unless Miro somehow comes out and somehow inter, interferes with that whole thing. That's the only way House of Black ends up losing there. But I mean, it, it's Kenny Omega is going to be the 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 partner of the Young Bucks, right? Like I, nobody else makes sense. This was always the rumor. And I think this this rumor comes to fruition. We get a big pop with the return of Kenny Omega last next week when they take on Andrade, Roosh, and Dragon Lee. Okay. Well, for me as a fan, I would prefer to be the House of Black. That's what I would prefer it to be. But I know that's not where they're going to go because they're going to go to the obvious. So because the House of Black just seems like it's a great unit. Now that Buddy Matthews' return, it's good to see him back last night. And to see Brody King – the loss didn't hurt him yesterday. That guy is an animal. And then Malachi Black, who probably is going to have his last match with Sting. Sting's last match? You hear me, Conrad Thompson? Sting's last match. <laughs> um, because there's a reason why they keep going you know, face-to-face. I'm starting to think that. And by the way, if when Sting does take on Malachi Black, it'll be his first singles match in AEW. They've hit yeah. him very well, and rightfully so. It makes me think like there's going to be a singles match there. Maybe that's Sting's last match. Nonetheless, I think it should be House of Black, but I think it's pretty obvious. We go with the chalk there with the returning Kenny Omega uh, and the Young Bucks. Either either that or the wingman. I don't know how the wingman don't get a chance to be in this. Uh, (laughs) Dolph Ziggler's brother. uh, Ryan Nemeth. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, dude, man, so you're going to let your brother troll you on social media? Like Dolph, hey, Dolph has come out the lights a lot in his career, but the Hollywood hunk, <laughs> God, but he he, he kind of just really kind of he really feels the like yeah I'm a buster I really can't do this you know but uh, so I, I'm gonna go with the chalk I agree with Gabe there. Well, so the one thing I would say I agree with Jay Hood about House of Black like 
I know you guys are anti-trios titles. Like, I want the trios titles just so House of Black has something to do. Like, them as the dominant champions, like, makes sense to me, and that would be fun. I agree it's chalk. I agree it's the Bucks and Kenny. But is there a way to make it a little less obvious? Is there a chance Kenny's not back until the pay-per-view? Oh, it could be. So what, Brand- the young Bucks what? partner. Brandon, Brandon Cutler? Cutler. Oh, Brandon Cutler for two rounds. And then, you know, the night of All Out, he gets attacked. He gets hurt. Undisputed Era maybe plays into that. And they're like, hey, we need another partner. Because I would do the same thing on the other side. Like, it's set up. It's Dark Order versus the Bucks. Someone from Dark Order gets taken out that night also. And then you get Hangman in that match as well. See, the problem is, like, it's it's just too it, it's telegraphed to me, right? Like, we could find yeah. that Osprey K on that side of the bracket. You get that Osprey-Kenny showdown since Osprey more or less filled the shoes of Kenny when he left New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because, I mean, you're not putting Will Osprey and Aussie Open in there just to lose one match. It doesn't make sense. Death Triangle, I mean, with the with the Lucha Brothers, just like they lost last night, like the Lucha Bros can lose matches and they're just going to be fine because they're incredibly entertaining. Same thing with Pac, who's apparently still the United <laughs> Nations champ, I think that's what it's called. We'll, we'll, we'll just go with it. It's fine. Um, so I, I think Will Ospreay and Aussie Open end up winning there, and that sets up Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Will Ospreay on a, on a pretty big episode of Dynamite leading into All Out. But you're doing Ospreay and Kenny in the same ring on a Dynamite? Oh, yeah, with AEW, sure. <laughs> yeah. sure. I, mean, I mean, look, did we, not, did we not address on this program how ridiculous it was that one of the best, if not the best wrestler in the world, just debuts on a random dynamite in Kansas City. <laughs> All right. Like I, I, in the middle of the card, just like oh, here's here's the greatest, here's the greatest wrestler in the world. Oh, he's just in the middle of the card. Like seriously, bad that, booking. That bad feels booking. like a waste. I feel like Brandon Cutler versus Osprey, not the quite the same prestige. No, but that's the way you sort of you know hide that and keep that away. <sighs> Man, you know, I, I just. Our young intern, Austin, says New Japan does it all the time, talking about, about listen, it, w- do what all the time? Like, put a, a main adventure in the middle of the card? <laughs> New, Japan, New, New Japan's got more they, – they've got more years going back to 1972. They can make their ups and downs. AEW doesn't have that room to make all these booking mistakes. It's weird. Yeah. Huh? But, I mean, nobody – really, I mean – I just don't see literally anybody else like House of Black because, again, Miro yeah. is, you know, like like House of Black has like so many other feuds going on right now <laughs> where they have Sting, they have Miro, they have all these other things going on. So to me, House of Black is going to have their dance card busy. But I, I just don't even think House of Black is going to go to the final because they could do some other interesting matches at All Out, which I guess means the best friends are going to be in the – Finals no on confidence that side. in the trust busters. Why are they on this show? <laughs> why, 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 why are they part of this? Now, you see what I'm saying? Like, like, but, I mean, you have enough in the back to put something together. Like, I, you know, I'm I'm talking cheek about the the wingman, but somebody's got to take the fall. Why not them? At least they're in the tournament. Like the trust bus busters. Like, I had to Google they, who they were. They? I had to how Google are, it last night. How are the ass boys and daddy ass right. not in this? <laughs> or grandpa ass. Oh, yeah, grandpa ass. I, I apologize. I didn't respectfully refer to him and, as grandpa ass. I mean, I'll watch those three because grandpa ass yeah. can go. Can oh, grandpa, work. yeah. Absolutely, he can. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, Daddy I Magic, know. like Jericho Appreciation Society, like there were a lot of other trios you could put in there instead of the Trust Busters. Yes, and I think the bigger point to that is, is that you mentioned 
the the Jericho Appreciation Society, it's not like they're going to be any main events, you know, because some would say, well, they have to be somewhere else on the card. No, they don't. Not necessarily. No. I mean, they should be in this too. I Like, if you're going to do this, do it right. And I, I the, for the most part, I have no problem with this as far as the, the uh, teams here. I just wish this was something for 2023. There's no rush. What are you rushing for? We don't need this now. Unless this is your way of introducing Kenny Omega back into the fold. Kenny is not 100%, but he's good enough to be in a six-man match. Well, Kenny Omega doesn't go 80, 80 miles an hour. He goes 120 miles an hour. So, like, there is no half-stepping with them. So, I don't know what they think they're doing. But putting, the, putting a belt on Kenny Omega, I'll put him off an injury, is just a, a shoulder shrug for me. I mean, at this point, I want to see it in 2023. I don't need to see it now. Because how do you top that, bro? It's, so you got you got your six-man tag team champions, and then what happens next? You got more championships, Western State Heritage Championship. You got your <laughs> Southern Heavyweight title. I mean, not, now chasing JR, them, the JR will get a woody from that. <laughs> but, like, those guys getting chased, like the Bucks as faces with Kenny getting chased to the title. Like, the more I think about it, like, I still thought it was them and Dark Order, but, like, them versus House of Black, like the Bucks and Kenny versus House of Black, like House of Black, any pay-per-view they're on, whatever trios match they're in, like they're stealing the show. That's one hell of a six-man at all out. So like you get them being chased and you do things that way. Like that at least it's something for all of them to do. And then the Bucks aren't in the way of the tag titles. Well, anytime you get the trios match, that means at least you got your main event for Rampage every week. Good. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, need to see it on Dynamite. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait till we see the AEW TV title bracket. I'm sure that's going to be coming out and ready for the next pay per view. I'm telling you, I got it, guys. Guys, I got it. I got it. The AEW TV championship is going to be this. It's going to be great. Just like, all right, brother, just calm down and wipe the powder off your lapel. <laughs> God's sakes, Tony. What do we have at number two on the three count? Well, it's not March, but let's stick with the brackets. The WWE Women's Tag Title Tournament was underway on Monday. Eosky, Dakota Kai knocking off Tamina and Dana Brooke. The rest of the bracket includes Alexa Bliss and Asuka taking on Nikki Ash and Dewdrop, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah taking on Zia Lee and Shotzi, and Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark taking on Natalia and Sonya. So, guys, go ahead. Fantasy book the Women's Tag Team Titles Bracket. Like, Ooh. the problem with this is that... Next topic. <laughs> the, Next. The problem with this, number, like... Number three. The, the, match, the match you probably want to see is going to be a semifinal, right? Like, EO Sky, Dakota Kai versus Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Like, those are two former champs, former baby faces that can get EO Sky and Dakota Kai over. So... Were they going to face Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah on the other side? Is it going to be Natalia and Sonia? Like, Ugh. I, I I just don't. It's almost like they don't have enough women's tag teams to book for a tag team title division. Oh, it's very weird. Oh, funny. Yeah. Funny yeah. you should mention that. It's almost yeah. like they should have just let the women's tag team yeah. titles until they built up the division a little bit more. Uh, uh. Huh. Weird how that works. works. <laughs> that that the well, women's division was so thin that the former champions were try to be booked as, you know, to, to help other talent go over in singles matches. It's just, it's a thin division. Like, it's just, it's, again, it's like AEW right now, right? Like, you have too many championships, AEW. We don't need trios titles. WWE, you have two women's championships. Your women's division isn't that deep. Yes, it's great that EO Sky and um, Dakota Kai came back with Bailey. Like, those three together certainly helps, and it helps boost that division. On the other hand, you now lost one of your biggest stars in Becky Lynch. 
Charlotte Flair has still been absent. So the, eventually you can build this up and I think you can figure it out, but you didn't need to rush the women's tag team titles back just so we could get Nikita Lyons and Joey Stark on television. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, unless you have Naomi and Sasha in hand. That's the only way. It's, it's, it's funny how these conversations are parallel, right? You only do the six-man because you think that Kenny Omega is going to be back by September. He's healthy enough. You only do this women's tournament because you believe you have Sasha and Naomi in hand, ready to go. And, and even with that, even if that is the case, if, if for sure if they're coming back, then clearly it's going to be Dakota Kai and EO Sky winning. And then here comes Naomi and Sasha saying, those are our championships. And now here comes the battle, right? I mean, that's... That's what it sounds like to me. It seems like that's obvious booking. But we've all known this before this tournament was announced. It's been thin. The women's division has been thin, singles or tag team. It's yep. been thin. And so, the, I mean, they've been giving Raquel Rodriguez a lot of time on SmackDown. She's getting be better and better, I think. Uh, like, still not over, but she's getting better in the ring. Um, and Aaliyah, you know, she's seen her out there sparingly from time to time. But it just – that's not really over. You're just piecemealing a team together. They've always believed in Shotzi under Vince toward the end. I didn't see Shotzi. Was she hurt? No. I'm not sure. We didn't see her in her little tank and her green hair. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But I mean, but in, in Zion oh, Lee, uh, so wait, a like, character a character disappeared with Vince McMahon at the helm? This is the first I've heard about this. <laughs> Tell me more. We'll talk we'll talk about Bray Wyatt later. But uh, <laughs> but, but you know, but you but yeah, but you just don't have the teams, right? Unless right. you have those two ready. Yeah, and then that's the reason why you do this. So We'll see. But even if you have those two, like you look at this bracket, you have to pull out eight teams. Like who's chasing them? Like what is the point of the story there? I mean, we saw it on SmackDown. Like it's cool they have a gauntlet match and it's good wrestling. But you looked at the women in that match and there was no one who like, oh, that's who I want to see, you know, challenge for the SmackDown title. Like that was a pretty weak gauntlet match. And it sort of speaks to how sort of weak this division is. It's very top heavy, but they haven't developed anything under that. So even if you get Sasha and Naomi back, yes, it'll be great. Them versus Io and Dakota. But then what? Like, what happens after that? Well, because you change courses on NXT and your philosophy, because you can't have indie wrestlers anymore. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> We're just going to have athletes, pal. We're going to have former strippers and those that think that they can rap, Nikita Lyons. We're going to have those people in, in the ring. So you so you decide that you want – yeah, I'm on one a day, Nigel. I'm on one. I, <laughs> because, because they didn't have to change course, right? It was fine. The, the, the way Triple H had things going, independence, learning the WWE system, and then bring them up to the main roster for them to be killed off by Vince. But you brought Nikita Lyons in, and uh, she's in this tournament. she ready for the main roster? No. I mean, you look at the other side of the bracket, like to your point, Gabe, like that team, I feel like, is the one that makes it out of that side. The Alexa Bliss Oscar? No, no, I'm saying the other, the Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark. Like, I think they're the ones that make oh, it out that, to face EO and Dakota. You think they're Dakota. the ones that make it out? Oh, like, man. Natalia and Sonya, we've seen all that. Like, Zaylee and Shotzi, there's nothing there. Raquel, like, Aaliyah's terrible. There, like, there's I, even there's I've even less enough. with Raquel and, yeah, less with Raquel. Yeah, yeah, like, at least there's sort of a little bit of an NXT oh, push with Nikita. I don't oh. know if people are watching that, but there's something there. Boy, Natalia, Natalia, listen, the check still comes in maybe first and 15th for, for Natalia. But if you're looking up at the lights and the Keita Lions and Zoe Stark, at some point, you got to have a conversation. That's what Sonya's for. That's why she's in there. Well, you think. 
<laughs> you would think, right? I mean, that's like, that's rough. That's uh, yeah. I just whoa, man. If that's what ends up happening, I'm just yikes. That that's like you Trustbusters also weird... winning the trios tournament we were just talking <laughs> about. I mean, the other thing to throw out, you had that weird thing on Monday was that accident with Nikki and Dewdrop. Like whatever that little Easter egg was in like the background of an interview. Yeah, I, well, yeah, you had just, that, I, uh, and then yeah, that's. And then I mean, who was I? Can't even remember who it was that they ended up dragging off at the end of the main event. Uh, Dexter really Loomis. Strange. Dexter yeah, Loomis. Dexter Loomis. Yeah. Smart. Um, smart booking. I mean, I, I, here's what I think is funny. So we know the problem, but you know who else knows the problem? Triple H knows the problem. He oh, sees yeah, this. Yeah. He's cleaning up McMahon's mess. He's just like, okay, I, I finally got Sasha and Naomi back. And again, this is speculation. We're not reporting that. We're yeah. just saying that it seems like they're coming back. So he's looking at this and he goes, okay, if I put a, a faction together with Dakota Kai, EO Sky, uh, and uh, Bailey, man, okay, this is the start of something that we're going to build toward because the rest of this is a mess. Injuries, Charlotte's out, Becky's injured, you know, it, you know, Bianca's, we're trying to get her on a trajectory that's going in the right direction. He knows it's a mess. You know, he's just trying to, it's going to take, what did we talk about a couple weeks ago? It's going to take time to clean a lot of this up. Well, I mean, yeah, right now for the women's division, I mean, it, I think it's a good thing to have two two women who aren't a part of the four horsewomen, like, to be champs right now. Like, it's, you know, and, and someone other than, you know, um, um, you know, I'm blanking on um, uh, who is Bailey? just the SmackDown Women's Champion. No. Um, God, why am I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to have Liv Nikki, on the. ASH? Yeah. No. Yeah, well, Tamina? God, that was. Nikki, AS, Nikki ASH era as champ was a little rough for me. But the fact that, yeah, you have Liv and, and I don't know how long that's going to live. No pun intended on her. Like things turned quickly for her on SmackDown <laughs> with everyone chanting, you tapped out. Like she was lost during her promo. She did not know how to react to that. Was not ready for the crowd turning on her. The and crowd really listening to Jay Hood her. and turning on Liv Morgan. I feel like that was led by Jay Hood. Like, yes! <laughs> you know I was down here like, yeah! Yeah, you did tap out. You tapped out. In the in the in the in the freedom of, of movement, in the freedom of speaking your mind in the Triple H era, where she turns to the crowd on Fox Live and goes, Thank you, I know you're calling me out on my shit. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. McMahon would suspend you for like 60 days if you did that. But on a Triple H, it's like, but she she didn't know what to do, right? The silky, surfy Liv Morgan. Uh, oh, I mean, I, you know, I almost beat her. And they're like, yeah, you tapped out. You're terrible, right? And she was like, she didn't know what to do. No. Oh, man. She got I mean, lost. I'm, I'm actually curious to see, like, is the crowd going to be chanting for Shayna Baszler during the contract signing tomorrow night? Like, is that actually going to be a thing? If so, Please. yes, Triple H, Booker of the Year. Like, he got, he somehow <laughs> found a way to get Shayna Baszler over. Good for you, uh, buddy. Uh. I mean, if we get NXT Shayna Baszler, like, I'm fine with her as a, as a oh, SmackDown yeah. Women's Champ. No, I mean, again, again, Shayna Baszler, much like Ronda Rousey, if you book her as just, like, this badass, you know, ass kicker, like, yeah, do that, because that's what yeah. she is, man. Like, she's a former MMA fighter who can kick the bleep out of a lot of people. <laughs> 
Like, just let her do yeah. that. Liv Morgan is a Vince decision. Like yeah. I said, Triple H got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you got food. Uh, <laughs> we're going a different direction. Uh, who is the main event? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to leave. Seriously, it's like, uh, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, as I watched that on the DVR, I watched back to why I'm like, oh man, she doesn't know what to do here. <laughs> oh oh man. <laughs> she, and, and she thought after she addressed it the first time, like, okay, okay all right, We're don't good. have to worry about that. And it, it just got worse because the, the like, she was she was just blood in the water, and the entire crowd was sharks. Like, oh, uh-huh. oh, we got to her. Guess what? We can keep doing. We can keep getting to her. We're going into business yeah. for ourselves, man. Uh, Austin, what what time was that? I know Cleveland on Monday for Raw. What was that in SmackDown? I forgot the the uh, town that they were in. I want to give them a shout out. I don't know what city that was that they were in. It was kind of like a major uh, major city type crowd that they were in for SmackDown. Pretty good. I liked what I, I saw. Oh, that. yeah. I mean, I will say about the Triple H era, and I know we're going to get a, a little bit into that here in a second. Like, the crowds just seem more into it. Like, again, Raw can be a long slog, especially if you're there live with the commercial breaks and Sometimes stuff's not going on, you know, you know, during those commercial breaks, you're watching another WWE promo on the Jumbotron. But the crowds have really seemed into it, you know, since Triple H took over a couple of weeks ago. Like, the crowds have really been enjoying the shows. And, and it, they've it been real. Like, they're product. not piping in stuff. Yes, Correct. like, not piping in, like, hey, here's, hey, the crowd's going nuts. And you look at the crowd, it's like, everyone's sitting on their hands. Like, what do you, you really think we think this is them cheering? Like that to me, like it's authentic. Like that's been the best part of it. Yeah. I well, really we did enjoyed ju- that. Yeah. We did just mention it to it. Let's go ahead and get to number three in our three count, Brian. All right. Speaking of triple H, we've seen some more returns some possible ones coming in the next few weeks. So who is going to be the breakout star of the triple H era? All right. So we saw Kerry and cross return, which a lot of people got excited about um, because well, Vince didn't really seem to get the gimmick and he returned to that NXT gimmick where he's got Scarlet in tow and put down the hourglass times now ticking. So he's, he's going to be involved in right away in the main event going after Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Um, I, I think Kevin Owens is certainly better beneficiary. It seems like he is being, and, and I think it was more than symbolic that he threw Ezekiel on an apron power bomb much like one of the first things he did once he got to NXT, throwing Sami Zayn with that apron power bomb and using that as a big-time weapon for being a little bit more of a badass Kevin Owens. I mean, and, and you know, KO won his Universal Championship because of Triple H. I think he's somebody who's certainly you can throw in there. Of He's not a breakout star, but certainly a beneficiary of the Triple H era. I, I think it's still, I mean, we you know, Sky, Dakota Kai, they're – placed in in prime positions to be some breakout stars as well. But if I had to pick one, we haven't even seen him yet, but we've talked to him here on GKW. I think it's going to be Mr. Johnny wrestling himself. I think it's going to be Gargano. Whenever he returns, I think he's the, the sky's the limit for him. I think triple H knows that. I think he's going to be super over with crowds and we're going to see Johnny Gargano play a significant role in WWE to me in the next six to eight months. Yeah, I'm I'm a lean KO. The way he came out there, first of all, he was supposed to go right through Ezekiel because as he came up the, the stairs, he slipped. That could have been bad. He slipped and then he went after him. They were trying to kill that gimmick in like 90 seconds. It was almost like, 
okay, I'm going to go right through you so that way you'll never remember Ezekiel again. Like, I thought that was going to be last. It, might, it still might be the last time we ever seen him. But as quick as that was, it was almost like Triple H, like, I want you to evis- eviscerate this guy. It's a stupid gimmick. Get him out of there, right? Injure him, whatever. And because we've seen that move before a hundred times, especially in AEW, right? The power bomb against the apron is kind of like, okay, we've seen it. But then the way that he was injured, it was like, boy, this, he might be out for a while. Because Triple H doesn't want us to remember that gimmick. So I think that he's a KO guy. By the way, have we seen Mr. Money in the Bank lately? Nope. Hmm. Breakout star? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you seen Austin Theory lately? Yeah, I'll, you know, maybe they're working on his creative, whatever, but I just think it's interesting. A guy that was on, in your, on your TV a lot, all of a sudden, in a Triple H era, just gone. Um, so I'm voting for Kevin Owens for this. Yeah, so that's it. I would love for it to be Kevin Owens. Like, anytime he's doing anything, like, to the Ezekiel point, like, I was entertained by that, and that's because of Kevin Owens. Because of what he's able to do, he takes anything he's in and make it, you know, entertaining. It feels like it's carrying cross, though. Like, the report's out this week that USA wants a world champion on Raw, so maybe they take one off of Roman. I personally don't get it with Cross. Like, he's never done it for me. I don't know why, but, like, there's no connection there. Like, he's just sort of bland. Like, even at NXT, when it's black and gold and everyone's excelling, he didn't really do it for me there. So I worry about that. But the other one I'll throw out, we've talked about a little, what about Sasha? Like her getting that sort of push to the moon that she really hasn't gotten. And maybe it's not even in the tag team division. Like she hasn't gotten that big spot that she deserved that we've only seen in NXT. I mean, with Karrion Cross, the only problem I had with Karrion Cross, like his, his debut I think went as well as it could possibly go for him. I, I think sure. he looked great. Scarlett looked great. The problem is, I unless you did watch NXT, you're not familiar, right? right? Which is which is part of the problem that AEW has had with some of the people that they suddenly throw into they, their main event pictures. Whether it's like, oh, if you were watching old ROH or you were watching or paying attention to New Japan Pro Wrestling, then you'd know who this person is. But yeah to do a little bit better a job of building carrying to the benefit of your guy row it's triple h you know we'll, we'll make sure we give him a little bit of leeway here <laughs> cross isn't you know as of right now it doesn't appear he's going to be involved in that main event at clash at the castle so they still have a month to build up to those two of drew mcintyre roman and then kind of develop a character a little bit for carrying cross but again like in order to get a champion over to USA and, and whether it's the universal, whether it's the WWE championship, that like you're going to have to just like fast book somebody because yep. one of the, one of the continuing storylines on this show that we talk about are the lack of credible threats for Roman Reigns to drop one, at least one of his titles too. So that's one of the messes that triple H has to clean up. And I, I don't mind him going, well, this is my guy. So I'm going to go ahead. I think I can do something with him. So I'll trust Triple H a little bit here, but I'm kind of, okay, that looked cool, but if I'm unfamiliar, is it really doing it for me? Well, I'll so, throw this out to you guys. Like, mm-hmm. we, one of the things Vince gets ripped for was, like, he had a look. He had a guy. Like, we mentioned Johnny Gargano. He was aware of it. He said, hey, I'm not a world champion because he didn't sort of fit in Vince's eyes. Are we going to see that change? Because you look at those three and you assume those are champions, Roman, Drew, Cross, they all still sort of have that look. Like, do either of you see that changing at all over the next few months? I think that Triple H is a body guy, but also a pro wrestling guy, too. 
Okay. Right. I, I, all right. So I can go with the, the theory of Gar- Gargano, but I'd say it out loud. Johnny Gargano, WWE champion, WrestleMania. Yeah. No. No. It, it doesn't. It does. And you know no. what? He's you know a show what? stealer and, with the IC championship. That's right. And, yeah. But you know what? I think Johnny feels the same way. Based on our conversation, and you can go to the archives and check out our podcast. Just look for the interview that uh, the three of us did with Johnny Gargano. He, I think, if anybody, this show kind of kind of broke down Johnny Gargano to the point where he did want to go back to WWE because he had some things that he wanted to really accomplish here. But I, I think even Johnny sees himself as he is part of wants to be on WrestleMania, wants to be in a meaningful match. But is he up there with Cody? Is he up sure. there with Roman? Is he up there with with Drew McIntyre? It's not quite that. I just think that he's a strong attraction, can really contend and put on some great matches. And I think Triple H likes that. But at the top of the card, probably not. Probably does... not. And, and by, by the way, bro, it's, let, me, let me answer your question. Because you said you're not sure why that Karrion Cross doesn't quite get over with you. Yeah. And, I, and you answered your own question. You know why? Gabe, it's because the NXT champions we saw were guys like Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. And, and Andrade and Alistair, Alistair Black and Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe and, and Nakamura and Finn Balor, those guys. When the belt went to Karrion Cross, it's like, where's my five-star match? What happened to it? Sure. And I think that that's the reason why that you don't think that Karrion Cross can hold it because based on what we saw from him at NXT, he went over to NXT because right. people thought, where's my five-star match to take over? He couldn't give it to you. And same thing with Keith Lee when he had the championship. I mean, Vince liked him because he was a super heavyweight. But you notice both of those guys go to the main roster and it didn't work out because Vince didn't like them. But I think that that's why you haven't bought into Karrion Cross because of what you saw from him in NXT that wasn't great like the other stuff that Triple H used to put out there. Yeah, I think that's fair. Just one quick question that I thought of off of something you said, Jay Hood. Do we know how Hunter feels about Cody Rhodes? Hmm. Oh, we're going to find out. Well, just because I mean, because it was very obvious, right? Under under Vince, yeah. Cody was going to get a gigantic push until he tore his pack. And does Triple H, I mean, smashing a throne in your first <laughs> AEW pay-per-view is sending a message seemingly to a specific person in WWE who is now in charge. Hmm. So here's the tricky part about this. So I know that Triple H takes offense to everything that Cody Rhodes is doing. He takes offense to AEW. He'll pretend he won't sell it, but you know he has a problem with them. Okay. Here's the problem. Triple H is going to have a problem with Cody Rhodes. It might be on camera. It might be an angle. But unfortunately, Triple H can't do anything about it. He won't have another match based on his condition. Yeah. Unless he's Ric Flair and has the last match. But apparently but I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna wrestle again. So that's the whole thing with this, right? He's gonna have to play ball with Cody Rhodes to an extent, but it's like Triple H can't get a receipt from Cody because Triple H's his condition is such in which he probably will never wrestle again. But that is a good point from Gabe. Like the one thing of long term booking was we pencil in Cody's winning the rumble, Cody's going to Mania. I guess we have to start questioning that now. I know he's all over the promotional stuff, and I'm sure some of that was already in, but never thought about that one. Yeah, it just it, – and again, we're not going to get an answer for four to no. five months, right? Like assuming – and even having Cody back for the Rumble was 
you know, on time. But if he has any sort of setback, he wouldn't be ready for the rumble anyway. But it's, you know, mending the fence or, you know, repairing that bridge with Vince is one thing. But again, he was taking very specific shots at Triple H during his time in AEW. And I don't know if that's, to me, that's probably going to take a little bit more time. Um, and by then, Triple H may have built up some of his other guys. And now they're in line, um, you know, to potentially be where Cody is. So uh, our intern says, Cody Rhodes, uh, it's what's best for business. Uh. Like, like, like can, I, can I just tell you, can I make a prediction? I'll make a prediction now. Okay. At the end of this contract with Cody Rhodes, he'll be back in AEW if AEW is still a thing. Wow. I think we, I, I, I really believe because it kind of reminds me of Dusty, right? Dusty leaves the NWA and goes to and puts the polka dots on for Vince for two years. I think maybe a little under three years and goes back to WCW to book. I kind of feel got a feeling like this whole thing with Triple H and Gabe's right. Like he's he's projecting heat and I think it could be. Like, you know, if Cody Rhodes has, an, has a suggestion and he says, hey, you know, Paul, what about this? And Paul's like, yeah, we'll probably go in a different direction. And it's kind of like, and, and and to Cody, he's like, hmm, that's funny. We beat your ass every week. You're not going to listen to the guy that was beating your ass every week <laughs> when you were running NXT? Yeah. That could be something. It could be something there, right? I mean, because Triple H was not really involved, you know, when Cody signed the deal. And it didn't look like this whole Vince thing, it, it's happened so fast. Like it, it, Triple H went from who knows if he's going to be back with WWE because of his health condition to Steph then stepping away and us going, oh, is there still something wrong with Triple H? Because she said she wanted to do, spend time with her family to next thing you know, Vince is gone. Stephanie is in charge. Triple H is running creative. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like when, when this happened at Mania, Triple H was nowhere near the picture. And this is good to me. It's going to be something interesting worth watching. And unfortunately we're not going to be able to see it, I guess, play out for another, you know, until Cody gets healthy. <laughs> I can just see it now. Cody's come back. He's healthy, ready for the Royal rumble. And there's, and there's Levesque like, yeah, we were uh, thinking maybe you and Gunter to check out the peck, see if the peck is healthy. <laughs> A couple of chops. But I was promised the world title situation. Yeah, we were thinking maybe Gunther. Uh. <laughs> I can just see it now, man. How about an NXT run, Cody? Oh, uh, <laughs> boy. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our news and notes, Brian. All right. Speaking of names, possibly coming back, reports out this week. Fightful reporting that Bray Wyatt's name has been thrown around for a potential WWE return. Yeah, I've been reading the same thing from Sean Ross Sapp and, and those. Um, just one little quick nugget about that. Apparently, there was a big disconnect, surprise, surprise, between yeah. Vince McMahon uh, and the Bray Wyatt character. And I think, oh, really? was because, and I think it's because it was Bray's idea, ultimately, right? right? 100%. It, it, the fun house, the whole, the whole character. You know, it was just weird because the way he was booked, too. Vince put the title on him twice. Like, if anybody doesn't need the title, it's Bray Wyatt. The character was the title. He never needed the championship. And I thought that was weird. Um, he lost a lot on pay-per-view. And it was kind of like, I think because Vince didn't have enough input that there was a problem, the stuff he'd say about Bray uh, in the offices, 
talking about, I don't think he's any good or why is he on the roster? The kind of same shit he used to say about Raven when he's in the WWE. So I, I don't know. It's just, um, if there's going to be a return, it'll be fresh because Vince isn't there. But, you know, Bray Wyatt really felt he had a good gimmick. And because Vince didn't have a lot of input, I think that was his downfall. He was a tremendous gimmick. And yeah. like, even then when he would lose on pay-per-view, they tried to still make him look strong by after having, you know, he'd get pinned, but then pop right back up after the pin. It's like, right. well, it doesn't really matter anymore. You, you got pinned. So like, yeah, and, I mean, and it wasn't just created in the Vince bubble. Yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't a Vince creation. I think that hurt it. So like, you know, the body stuff, like apparently he mentioned that a bunch. Like I, I think him coming back and sort of having some creative freedom, like, He's entertaining. The man knows what he's doing. Like he's been selective with his time. Like that's why we haven't seen him in AEW. But I think Bray can be a star. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I, I think whoever's lucky to have him, if they allow him that creative freedom, he's going to flourish. Just because I, I think he's he's got a good pro wrestling mind. Sticking with Vince McMahon news, WWE this this week disclosed that they have found an additional five million dollars in Vince payouts. This is unrelated to the 07 and 09 allegations that they were investigating. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, it, this is this stuff's just going to keep coming out, right? And now we know also John Laurinaitis very quietly let go of, from the company <laughs> as he's, you know, entangled in this whole thing. Like, there's just going to be more and more stories by every other week that kind of come out about Vince money, Vince allegations. It's only going to get worse, which is why he stepped away when he did. There, there's no doubt. Um, this is the right thing to do. Uh, we speculated about this until it was actual, actual fact that 2022 is different from 1982 or 1992. Um, when you're put, you, when you put yourself in this situation, you have a publicly traded company, and there's money that you're doling out for sexual favors, and then John Laurinaitis is part of that as well. Um, that's a problem. And then they come to find out there's a number of women. Uh, that are behind the scenes with WWE that's glad that Johnny's gone because not because because of the creep factor, but because they knew what was going on, that John Laurinaitis was part of that. So um, I, actually, that, uh, this is a step in the right direction to have Vince and Laurinaitis both out of the company based on these stories. Finally, in news and notes, a hard left turn here in AEW. Chris Statlander is out again with another knee injury, this time her other knee after having surgery, I believe, just last year. So Statlander out with an injury. The crazy part about this, and and I hope she recovers because that's another division that I think could really use her. She's she's been at times one of the hottest you know women stars yeah. on that AEW roster. The fact that Bailey broke character, I feel like Bailey hasn't <laughs> broken character in two years. Since she became a heel, like even as she was going through her own rehab, she would tweet out things in Bailey, your welcome character for her to break character and go, I hope you have a speedy recovery. I think you're really good is, whoa, what is going on here? Yeah, um, I think people feel good about Statlander. I never saw her as a serious contender or someone I could see with one of those two championships, though, uh, because she's been slow getting out of the block because of injury. Some consistency from her. I change the character. She's not the space cadet. Get away from that. Just be a pure athlete. Get yourself a new character and two new knees, and then we'll see what she can do. Um, oh, you're, not, yeah. you're not a big fan of the boop, the nose boop. You're out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of the boop. I thought she does it to me. <laughs> I mean, I, she want to boop me? That's fine. I'm, a, I'm, I'm boop worthy. <laughs> but she got over with a new character. Like, I don't remember who it was, but I think it was a Rampage. Like, 
wasn't it her and Rosa like for the title where we didn't think she was gonna win, but like she can go. Like it's impressive what she can oh, do yeah. in the ring, and it just sucks that like health holds her back. Yeah, she can go in the ring if she finds the right character. Then then you can see her as more. But because when you have Thunder Rosa and you have you know Britt Baker and you have these more, for lack of a better word, legitimized stars. Sure. You know, not just an alien from outer space like that division fighters so if you find that character that fits in with that she can go and be a champion pretty quick what is the match of the week gentlemen i mean to me it, I, I go jericho mox like last night's main event was so much fun because uh, again I, moxley does what moxley does he's going to do brutal he's going to bleed but for Chris Jericho to turn back the clock, you know, 27 years to 1995 was just impressive, incredible. It's a tip. It's more of a Chris Jericho's, I guess, my wrestler of the week because he was able to do moves and, and execute them in a way that I didn't think that I mean, it wasn't that long ago where he tried to do the lion salt off of the rope, you know, off the middle rope like he used to and failed miserably to the point where he had to go, okay, next week I have to do that again just to show you I can do it. And now he's continuously lost more and more weight and, and somehow looked like Jericho from 1995. As good as that was, though, like for me, like Darby and Brody was good. Like it was violent, especially for eight o'clock on TNT. But like that was a fun match. Even the ending, like it was sort of cool. Like it was seamless how they got him in the coffin. Like I enjoyed those two going at each other. Like those two are guys that I wish there was more to do because I think they both can be stars. This is a harder question now. Now that uh -huh. Triple H is in place, it's harder. <laughs> Now I got to go through SmackDown, Raw, uh -huh. I got to go through Okay, so I really want to go uh, Claudio Takeshita from yeah. Battle of the Belts from Grand Rapids because that was a hell of a match. It was a hell of a match. Um, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, Takeshi, and yeah, Takeshita keeps losing, but that's okay. Like, at some point, he's going to break through and one of these promotions because he's that good. That was a hell of a match. Well, I, I don't remember who tweeted it, but someone tweeted about Takeshita, like, you feel like that's a guy that needs to win an award at the end of the year. Like he's not rookie of the year. He's been wrestling forever. He is he breakthrough because he keeps losing. Like there's something every time he's in the ring, he's doing something special. That might be my my match of the, the week, but I but I'm leaning Lashley Champa because of the Harley Race robe. I mean, Champa comes okay. out there with Harley's robe, <laughs> and it made you believe because this is Triple H, right? Nice package for the U.S. Championship. Like, oh my God, the t the title means something. Uh, you get a voiceover from John Bradshaw Layfield, and it talks about all the great U.S. champions. And then here comes Ciampa with that 1979 robe with race on the back. And there he is. And uh, and by the way, an NXT Triple H era type match, right? Where Ciampa had a lot of near falls. Lashley, it didn't feel like the typical Raw match because it went on for a while. I really loved that match. I think it was great. I didn't think Ciampa was going to get over, but boy, you would think. With the with the dedicating the match to the late Harley race, the the robe, everything else, man, maybe he can win. But I like that because if they plant the seed, maybe he will win. Maybe he won't. But he really he really uh, busted his ass. So for me, it's those two matches. I'm leaning Claudio to Keshita though. But that Lashley Champa, pretty special. Yeah, I mean, clearly Champa, one of the beneficiaries of the Triple H era, where he was just kind of this forgotten, you know, more or less pit bull that was by the side of of the Miz and now he's kind of being allowed to flourish a little bit still with the Miz but you know in a singles match and show oh by the way 
I can wrestle. And by the way, I can put on a pretty damn good match. Well, speaking of like wrestling and titles, meaning more tomorrow night, SmackDown, Gunther and Nakamura for the IC title. Like, God, bravo, just Triple like, H. They just, they just won't let us breathe. It's WWE. I know. They, they just won't, they won't let us live, Nigel. We have to watch everything now. I, I, I mean, and I find myself, like, because I, I feel that Shinsuke has been treated so poorly on the main roster for years. Like, yes. put, the, put the IC title back on him and actually have it, it mean something. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with Shinsuke being the IC champ and letting him put on just great matches each and every week because the, the man can still go and let him go. And Triple H will allow him to put on those great matches on Friday nights. Shout out to Greenville, South Carolina. That was the smackdown that put Liv Morgan on ice, made her uncomfortable. <laughs> the old NWA territory of Greenville, South Carolina, making, them, <laughs> making her feel uncomfortable. And by the way, just as an aside, just one last thing, just between – the two of us, Angelo Dawkins looked a lot more impressive than Montez Ford is matching Ooh. against Seth Rollins. Are you allowed to say that? I don't know if you're allowed to say that. Brother, did you watch that match? Did you watch yeah. okay. I mean, I mean, Seth gave him everything. Let him get everything. Angelo Dawkins looked better. If you're looking for who's going to turn heel, hmm, keep your eyes on that. Oh, Angelo Dawkins man. was – that was a much better match than it was against Montez Ford. How about that? Wow. Flip-flopping the HBK Marty Jannetty potentially. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Ah, we'll have to wait that. and see how that turns out. And as Rowitz mentioned, plenty of really good pro wrestling to keep an eye on over the course of the next week. And, of course, we're going to be right here, breaking it all down next week on GKW. Impact. Oh, God. Where?